0: Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Morgan. If you haven't yet, hit subscribe. Today we're talking about one of my favorite things, being outside, the importance of being outside, the importance of being connected to nature, and of course, getting the maximum amount of sunshine. I personally experienced this. I grew up in upstate New York, and then I moved down south. I've lived in Texas, but I also lived in Arizona, and so I experienced two different kinds of warm weather in America, and I've got to say, I am a real life living example of how I think that this completely changes your quality of life to live in a warm, sunny area. I want to talk about this because some really interesting numbers came out and it's disturbing if you ask me, but it also plays into all of us looking for solutions and making positive changes in our life. This is one of the key topics we should all be discussing, especially if we're freedom oriented and if we want to become more self-sufficient and just more powerful, taking power away from those nasty systems that we're currently dependent on. That being said, let's get into the show. But of course, before we talk about beautiful sunshine, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lundell with MyPillow is launching MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented the MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a stinking pillow, but now nearly 20 years later, he's discovered a new technology that makes it even better. So you got the same patent and adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, but now with a brand new fabric that's made with temperature-regulating threat, the MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with promo code Morgan. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code Morgan. For the MyPillow 2.0, that's MyPillow.com, promo code Morgan. Thank you. Okie dokie. So this is one of my favorite topics to talk about the importance of being outside, freedom being a lifestyle, and how we can actually have positive solutions that all of us can implement. So today I wanted to break the episode into three sections, really. First, happiness, health, and family, all relating to the outdoors. And then we'll talk about some solutions that I found and that I think would be beneficial for you guys. So that being said, Bryant.
1: I'm here, ready to go.
0: <laughs> He's ready to go. Um, Brian, so I don't know if you knew this about me. A shocking statistic. When I was first getting into wanting to have a homestead, all this stuff, I used to have this desire to end up in Idaho, Montana, something like that. I was picturing, you know, the Red Steagle song, Yellowstone Valley, about the beautiful valley with mountains and a little cabin on it. And I just thought I was going to live it out, all that jazz. But then I saw a nasty little statistic that about 7% of our lives, for the average American, about 7% of our lives are spent outside. 93% of our lives are spent inside or in a car. And I'm just not okay with that. I just said, heck no. And so I made a lot of, it was really hard for me to do this, but I made a lot of personal decisions to say, you know what, I'm going to let go of that little dream and I'm going to get serious about finding a place where I can actually build the environment, the long-term environment that I envision for my family in the sense of like, I want to be a homemaker. And I think a big part of that is building a proper environment for the kids and everybody um, in the family to thrive in. So I started looking into it and When I was living in Arizona, because I'm from upstate New York, you guys, I'm from upstate New York, moved to Texas, lived in Arizona, but I've lived in multiple places in Texas as well. When I was in Arizona, I realized, okay, so I also don't want to end up over here because it's just too dry. Okay, I don't like all the brown. I don't like all the dirt. (laughs) I wasn't really a fan of that. I wanted to end up somewhere fertile where I didn't really need a greenhouse or any of those difficult watering systems. I wanted fertile land. I wanted a lot of green. I wanted trees. I wanted hills and grass under my feet, plus warm. So that's how I ended up being like, all right, I'll end up in Texas or east of Texas. That being said, did you know that about people, that people spend like 7% of their lives outside? I know you're the complete opposite of that because you're always outside.
1: Uh, well, honestly, I think that's uh, that's pretty interesting. I mean, I might be a little hot, to be honest with you. If you think <laughs> about it, one, even if you look at the normal average American, I don't know how they even spend an hour outside, give or take, too, because one hour outside, one divided by 24 is 4-ish percent. Um so yeah, I mean, because most people, what they get in their car, and that's up uh, three minutes outside, maybe to go to work. By the time they get done with that, it's probably dark, given most half the year, and they go right back home. So, yeah, as far as like being in the sunlight, I think seven percent is actually probably a lot for the average American. But yeah, for me, uh-uh. we're uh, yeah we're outside quite a bit. Yeah,
0: well, and that's a good point of of like for. The average person, if you're just going about your life, like, yeah, you're probably going to be inside quite a lot. And that's something that we just don't even think about, don't even consider. And so I get that this is a little bit of a fringe topic, but I am very, very passionate about it now. Like, when I found out about grounding, and we're going to talk about that more later when we discuss the health stuff specifically. But when I found out about that, I suddenly felt disturbed by the fact of, like, wait a second, my. My feet, my bare feet have not touched the earth in months because if you think about it, I'm always in my muck boots. Like if I'm up in upstate New York where my family is and where I was from, did I really go months at a time without touching the earth? And when you think about it like that, it's like that's kind of weird. That's really weird actually. Yeah, I mean. (laughs) (laughs) And I I feel crazy for saying that.
1: Well, a lot of people probably are not super in tune with like grounding like you're talking about. Like we're talking about taking the shoes off and putting your skin to the ground, you know. Because, to be honest with you, I don't happen too much in the South. But either way, we're outside in the South. Because yeah. um, a lot of people don't want to step on stickers or bugs or, who knows, poop or something. Um, but, yeah, no, it's an interesting concept for sure. And just, obviously, it goes back to being up north. And no matter where you're at, I mean, we're not even talking about putting skin on the ground. We're just talking about even just getting outside. And if you are outside, it's usually a cloud cover. So there's not much sunlight, I feel like. And mm-hmm. It's just an interesting setup up there you guys got
0: well and so like when we're visiting my parents the pretty much in the winter like the only time to get sunshine is early in the morning when the clouds haven't really covered but basically brian like when we're visiting my parents and they're in the northeast where i'm from it is nearly always an overcast day if you are in late fall through early spring i when i was growing up here (laughs) i used to think that movies about halloween were fake because i would see people out in their halloween outfits in the movies and they weren't all bundled up and i i didn't understand in my little head that in other parts of the country people could just wear their halloween costumes because in upstate new york where i'm from you have to like wear snow gear over or under your costume and it's like i was always embarrassed i'd be like mom i don't need that you know what i mean like i don't need to wear a puffy winter jacket and then put my princess dress or whatever it was over that because that was halloween for us it was snowing for many halloweens that i've experienced but if you have snow or freezing temperatures from october through potentially may I mean, Easter is often snowy for us too. How sad is that? Like, I always see people on the internet wearing like beautiful pastel dresses during Easter and I'm like, I don't understand. And it really, I had to go out and see the rest of the country to understand that that's not how other people live and that they get all this warmth and sunshine. It was a really eye-opening thing for me and it made me realize like, okay, not going back there. I don't not just wanna live in New York because of the terrible policies. I also just believe there's a better quality of life and a better experience out there in warmer areas. But say we're visiting my family or you're from upstate New York. When I was growing up, my my schedule was go to school. Class started at 730 at the public school and it was dark. And then you leave because I would have a sport. I get out of my sport at 530. We're playing our sports inside, inside of the basketball court. You're playing soccer for indoor track and field. You're doing track running practices through the looped hallways of the schools. That's your practice. And then your parents are picking up at 530 and the sun's already set. So I just wonder what kind of mental effect that has on people. And you hear about seasonal depression. I mean, here you wake up, we've got a shovel and then it's snowing. So you've got a shovel in a few hours again, and we have a large driveway. And so there's just so many different additions to our life that we don't have to deal with if you're living in a sunshiny, warm, wonderful environment down south.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we do have to deal with the humidity, but it's... I would take that more than being up there. Um, you know, we always joke some places on Earth aren't meant for people. Just my personality, that's just probably one of those places, unfortunately, that, um, you know, four months of the of the year you're inside. I mean, yeah, and it's just all about being intentional, um, of kind of like, you know, being a little bit more aware of your controllables. You know, obviously, I think your podcast, you talk a lot about you know, whether that's policy or stuff that's going on in America, but you also talk about health stuff. So obviously I'm into the health stuff a little bit. And, um, we always talk about controlling, you know, what you can do is if you had like, if you can imagine a bucket in your body you're just controlling these drops into your bucket, all these chemicals, whether that's, you know, tap water or stuff you're lathering on your skin, sunshine is just another one of those things that are so beneficial for you, you know, from your mood to just, you know, we can talk about other things, but, um, yeah, and it's just like one of those things that's like, all right, so I don't be more intentional on trying to get sunshine or like grounding and like, you can just watch your dog. Your dog's going to look for the sunshine coming into your house and your dog knows I want to go lay there. You know, um, animals have an instinct. Sunshine's is the source of all energy. I feel like nothing would be alive without it, I feel like. And we're just made to be scared of it. And, you know, we're talking about living in different states. Of course, you got to think about if you want to move like policies and stuff, but from just a sunshine point of view, I mean, yeah, it's it's just the mood. You feel like you're on vacation all the time, being able to just go outside. You know, the guys in the country joke about peeing outside, you know, peeing off the front porch, like it's like a lot of freedom in that I guess. Mm-hmm. But um I don't know, it's just different when you can get outside a lot more than you probably can up north somewhere. It's yeah. just And
0: I feel like it generally affects your mood, too. So if we're talking about happiness, like being inside, waking up in the dark, going and getting home when it's dark and staying inside for all of the day. And the only time you're getting outdoor time is when you're bundled up, sprinting to your car that you automatic started because it's so cold or I don't have an automatic starter. So mine was always freezing when I got in it and you're shaking in the car driving. But by the time you get to your location, then your car is finally heating up like you don't have to deal with that, you know, if you guys. If you guys just live in a different area. Now, the thing is, I get that where I was a little more riskier. And when I was super young, right out of college, I just said, I'm going south. And I drove my little Jeep Patriot that later died. I drove my little Jeep Patriot down to Texas. And my family, the plan had always been that they were going to retire in the south. So I wasn't really worried about that at the time. And that'll hopefully still happen. But The happiness thing, it's pretty much connected to health because when you're in bad health, you're going to feel worse on the inside and it's going to affect you mentally. And so that's what I think is really important here is that when you are struggling, in the winter and maybe you have seasonal depression or you're just letting the amount of, the massive amount of time that you're spending inside get to you, you end up drinking a lot more. That's why you see a lot of the, uh, like the binge drinking and the unhealthy levels of drinking. If you look at the map in America, it's basically like North versus South. And that's because we drink a heck of a lot more because there's not much to do in the winter. Like you, when we visit my parents, you've experienced that, like there's not things to do. I also, I've had this little theory that Texas is really onto something with the two-step thing because there's something to do at night. You know what I mean? Like in the Northeast, I'm sad that we don't have that kind of culture where there's something to do when you go out. It's more so like maybe you go to dinner and then you go get a drink or you just go out to a bar and drink. Whereas in Texas, the thing that you do is maybe go to a nice dinner on a date night and then you take her out dancing and you go to a dancing location. And yes, there's drinking, but it's like, it's an activity. It's fun. You're doing it for hours. Like I've gone out and I I don't even drink at it. And I'm there and it's like 1am and I'm, I'm dancing still. And you know that I dance with like, it's like me and retirees at Longhorns and it's super duper fun, but it's just something that, that keeps you moving. And I wish that people in the North had that, but I think constantly of like, if you don't have the money to do winter activities, then what the heck are we supposed to do in the winter here when we're stuck inside for hours? So that, that happiness thing, it makes me feel really sad about it. Playing into that, though, is the health, where sunshine gives you so much in terms of health benefits. Grounding and being able to be barefoot outside gives you so many health benefits. And the big thing for me is the sleep, the circadian rhythm, and waking up and going to bed with natural sunlight waking you up. Have you ever looked into that?
1: Yeah, so your circadian rhythm is basically your sleep and wake cycle and it's basically think of it as like your body is just trying to balance itself out like homeostasis and the best way to think about it if you've never really heard of this to get on the correct rhythm um you know a lot of people suggest that start your day off try to start your day off with a little bit of sunshine or just getting it early on really helps you know your hormones like your like the light coming through your eyes helps get your organs like function in the proper way like there's a lot of science into it, pretty much. But if you think about it from just a 30,000-foot view, sunlight really does help set it. So that's why a lot of people say, you know, when it gets dark, a lot of people start getting extremely tired, and then they'll wake up with the sunlight. It's just you're on that balanced rhythm cycle. Um, but yeah, I mean, like sunshine, it's it's several benefits. I mean, it's called the sunshine vitamin, vitamin for a reason, vitamin D. And um, I don't know how much you want to get into that, but it's it's just a mood stabilizer is how I think about it. It's that it can help reduce blood pressure. And when I think about it it helps all organs kind of get in sync or just, um, you know, you're on the correct rhythm in your body. You have to just think of it from like an immune system response too. like you're, you're, you're able to, to combat whatever presents itself to your body. Um, You feel like your energy levels are there and it's just, it's a lot into feeling good mentally As well as just physically, but as far as like your immune system, like a lot of people like up to like the 19, I don't remember, 30s or 40s or something. Sunshine was like a medicine that doctors suggested, like go out and sit into it. And, and you know, because it was just so beneficial. So I don't know where the whole modern society uh, went off about just hating on sunshine so much, because if you just think about it, like so many years ago, like that's people were outside there wasn't sunscreen there wasn't sunglasses like i'll be honest with you i don't wear sunglasses that much unless it's like a pretty i don't know just, i guess a certain type of the day and like a huge glare or something on the water fishing like i just don't i'm not saying what i do is right or wrong but i just always kind of heard like light coming through your eyes kind of helps everything be in sync and i've just you know if i don't have to wear them i don't wear them but yeah but i will suggest like you know if we hear this podcast like don't go off on the deep end and just lay in the sun all day and get s- extremely sunburnt. um especially if you're in your diet's not right because that's why we talk about seed oils being so bad like in the modern diet, like it's in everything. And basically what the seed oils will do, like if you're ingesting a lot of that, like it's going to oxidize and like kind of amp up the inflammatory response. So like whenever the sun hits your skin, like you're just more prone to sunburn. And I just really think that's a huge component that just doesn't get talked about. And that's why obviously if you go into the grocery store, 90% of it has seed oils in it. Like, you know, and we always have this conspiracy, big pharma, and then all the like 10 people who own the grocery store are all friends with each other, you know, it's just keeping yeah. people sick, feeling bad, and it's just a big cycle.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm big on the sunscreen thing. I, I always find it interesting, like you'll see, it's, it's almost like every other thing where it's, can you really trust the experts? You'll see all these skin doctors that, it, they're basically focused on, just preventing wrinkles at this point, which I find kind of frustrating. But they say that they put on sunscreen every two to three hours, that they're reapplying it even at work when they're sitting at their desk, stuff like that, just because it could always be coming off. For me, they're also telling people to put sunscreen on their skin that has oxybenzone in it, which is now a carcinogen. And so the number one change you should immediately make is to use mineral-based sunscreen. But what I've looked more and more into is the fact that it's our diet that's causing us to sunburn And if you are removing those kind of seed oils and the bad stuff, the processed foods from your diet, then what you need to really focus on is if you're going to be in the sun for a very long amount of time, like say you're going to your kid's sports game and you're going to sit there baking for a long time, then yes, you should apply sunscreen to prevent you from sunburning. But if you're going out for a moderate amount of time, there's nothing wrong with getting some sunlight. And this isn't me giving medical advice. It's just, it's kind of basic in the sense that it's supposed to prevent sunburning. So if you're going to be, in some situation where you're gonna actually burn because you're out there in, in extreme temperatures, then yeah, you just be cautious. What, what gets me though is this is like my Morgan evaluation of it or my Morgan description. They tell you to not look at your phone before you go to bed because it's really important to not confuse your body. And when you're looking at your phone screen and it's giving off the blue light, your body is gonna keep thinking that it's daytime. And that's what's happening. So when you wake up first thing in the morning, your body is like, okay, we're waking up now, it's sunlight, and that means that we have to get ready for nighttime when it's time to go to bed later today. So we're gonna start producing melatonin. And your body just kind of has that as its natural sense. And then when it starts to get to nighttime and the sun's going down, your body starts to release that melatonin and you start to get ready for bed. But if you're staring at your phone screen, your body is getting confused because they're like, wait, is it still sunny out? But it's really 10 o'clock at night. And you're just staring at artificial light that's coming from your phone. And the biggest change for me, one of the biggest in my health has been to not look at my phone at night and not do the scrolling because I used to love looking at like Pinterest quotes at night. And when I started to just go by the natural light of the day, I feel like it made a huge change in my life.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think of it as just I mean, yeah, all that's important. that's obviously getting to some science stuff of like, well, people, people are like, what do you want me to do? Just light a candle and sit in the darkness and stare outside, you know, before I go to bed. I mean, we're not talking about being extreme, but all those points are, yeah, if you just, if you really don't understand any of it, it's really just, you're trying to have your body on a good set homeostasis, like balance, good rhythm. And yeah, like things like the blue light, um, you know, maybe eating before bed or the caffeine late in the day. I mean, you're just disrupting. You know, your your normal cycle, I guess, is the best way to say it, uh, for you to be at optimal level. You know, that's the way I always like to think of things is like trying to be optimal. So like talking back about like staying inside all the time and not being outside, I just look at it as, no, don't get me wrong. I just like being outside, but I look at it as like just being so stagnant. So like if you think of water, water is, you know, when it's fresh and pure, you're thinking of like a running stream, you know, it's not sitting still, it's not getting stagnant, it's not developing like scum basically on top of it. And I just think of it like that. Like if you're inside all day long, like you're not getting any like wind through your hair, you know, or just like the breeze or obviously the sunshine and just being out in in nature and, and to a degree. I think the bottom line is even if people live in New York and they still feel fine, we're just on the side of like you can actually feel a little bit better. You can actually, you know, wake up more energized and, and these are just little extra hacks you can, you know, consider You know, where you want to live one day or just how much you get outside and and things of that nature.
0: Mm -hmm. But the the thing it's it's actually more scientific and we have information on it, like grounding or earthing is what it can also be called. Here's what um, a website says. And I do this all the time when I was in Arizona and in Texas. I would do this nearly every day. And when I go and visit my parents, I feel so weird that I can't. Like there's snow on the ground and there's nowhere that I could do this. Or even if it's the fall and it's getting to be freezing temperatures, I used to try. And oh my gosh, I felt like I was going to get pneumonia. But it says earthing, also known as grounding, allows people to directly connect their bodies with the earth and use its natural electric charges to stabilize them. This practice involves walking barefoot outdoors or using indoor grounding systems while sleeping or sitting. And then it says, modern scientists continue to advocate for Earth's electrons ability to balance our body's electrical current. This grounding technique continues to grow and get mainstream attention as people search for simple and expensive ways to heal themselves. So once I started looking into this, you guys, I felt so weird when I wasn't like I would keep it in my head and maybe it's not healthy for me to have done this, but I would be like, wait a second. I haven't touched the ground with my feet. I haven't stood on the earth in five days and I just felt so disconnected. So that's why I like the the little sticker on my laptop is run back to your roots. And I just think it's really primal to be in touch with basic nature. So I really like that and that's what I envision. And kind of taking that concept into what I envision for myself and my family, I decided to be in the Southeast of the country. So basically like East Texas or over, when I put all of this together that it really does matter when we're putting a home together when we're the woman or the man in a situation building an environment and we want to have kids and raise strong individuals for this next generation I think this country is going to crap I think the only solutions are generational and so it's really up to us to raise strong kids and to have healthy safe homes and a big part of that is going to be having it all outside and so I have a huge Pinterest board of just ideas and situations and it is real the kind of lifestyle that people make focused on the outdoors so eating most of your meals outside like not picnic style always but having an established place to eat meals outside almost every day having the homeschool lessons because I plan on homeschooling Having the homeschool classes and lessons outside as much as possible, or having faith and Bible study sessions outside as much as possible, and then of course the outdoor play for kids is so, so crucial, and it actually has many developmental benefits. If you give them the entire outdoors to go grow and experience instead of just giving them plastic toys to play with in a playroom inside, it, it can make a world of a difference. Brent, did you have that kind of experience would you say
1: yeah i mean i was definitely outside all the time but a weird concept is like so like if you think back in the day like there wasn't any cities you know what i mean like i feel like everybody at at one point was kind of outside Mm -hmm. right or is that like extreme to say i don't know how many years ago like i'm talking before like the towers and the cities and like in new york and all that like happened like People are just kind of roaming the land and like people love watching Yellowstone. They love people like the wagon trail and like, you know, they're outside, they're on horses, they've got a fire and sit. you know what I mean? It's like people used to love that and it's like, well, that's actually how it was. And I don't know, just where I'm at because of the weather and obviously I lived in a little bit more country setting, there was it, there was literally nothing to do but to get outside. So I can't imagine living somewhere where you can't go outside and then you, and just in general, you can't. It, it Just gets so boring inside and like I don't know what that does psycho- psychologically like you do as far as like with kids stuff, but I was outside all the time, you know, playing in the dirt and um, I guess I turned out fine, you know, I wouldn't change the way I grew up at all.
0: Well, so there's a thing called 1000 hours outside and it's the number 1000 hours outside on Instagram. And it's a challenge to basically spend a thousand hours outside with your kids every year. And I think it's very achievable and they make a whole process on like making it as easy as possible. Oh, and there's an Instagram called Barefeet Farm School. I'm going to have to look into this in a second. But Brian, it says that um, Jonathan Haidt, a leading social psychologist, has argued that there's been a big rise in anxiety among children and teens partly because of play deprivation. He says, when a child plays, he learns the skills that make it possible to cope with the unexpected. If you deprive children of those challenges, as they grow up, they will feel panicked and unable to cope a lot of the times. It leads to the children not feeling like they are competent, or it makes them feel like they can't make things happen without older people guiding them. And so outdoor play is a really important part of that because there isn't structure. It's really all about the kids. And on top of that, I saw something too of one of the most beneficial things you can do to young kids is to do child-led walks. And so you just let the child walk in front of you. Instead of saying, like, we're going to walk down this path, you literally just let the kid walk and you slowly walk behind him and see where they end up going. And that's so, interesting.
1: I mean, I don't know anything about all that, but I can see where that's like, you know, if they know they're leader of the pack, they're looking, they're analyzing, their brain's working, they're mm-hmm. trying to strategize the path of least resistance. So I can definitely see where that's beneficial for sure. But yeah, I mean, if you just think about it, like, hey, do you want your kids to stay inside all day long and night? That sounds like a prison. Or do you want them to just kind of go play outside? I feel like if you ask every single American that, it just the more natural answer. is like, well, I don't know. But they should probably get outside some, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. But so that's why I say all of this because I think it's such a crucial part that's often overlooked when we're talking about where to go. Everybody's talking about doomsday. Everybody's talking about what are we going to do now that the country's ending. I always say this, but I, I'm not interested in homesteading because I think it's going to be the savior for me and my family when bad things happen in the sense that the communists are going to take over. We're going to have a another red scare. We're going to have a red dawn, whatever is going to happen, and we're going to be safe on our homestead. In reality, when communists take over, or when bad people like that take over, they're going to easily be able to find us because this is an incredibly disturbing surveillance state that we live in. And communists always go and attack the landowners first. And it's not like they don't know where we are. If you've heard of Ruby Ridge, like they can find you no matter what remote area of the country you're living in. So this isn't some silly denial that I have as if I'm escaping all of the troubles. And I don't think we should run from them in the first place. But it is really important, I think, for us to have strong Home locations where as much of it as possible is not reliant on the systems. And so, an important thing for me has been figuring out where I could grow things. When I saw the 7% statistic, it really shocked me. But the other thing that played into me not wanting to end up in the Northwest, like in Montana or Idaho or anything, is because I don't think it's safe. Like if if the grid ever went out, do I want to be in Texas where things are fairly warm for the most, most of the year? And yeah, they had that ice storm, but it's mostly safe and warm. And if the power went out or if anything ever happened, you could still live on that property. But if something bad happened... In a place like upstate New York or in a place like Idaho, and you can't even plow yourself out of your home, out of your property, and you can't get out of the house, and you've got a shovel, feet of snow, or whatever it ends up being, and you freeze to death in your house. I don't want to do that. I also want to be able to grow for a majority of the year, and I don't want to just do it in a greenhouse. That being said, the greenhouse is the next step for anybody, I would say. If you want to live a more free lifestyle, But you can't leave a cold area because I get it. Not everybody can leave. I think what's so funny is Bryant, when he was visiting, he literally was like, who would choose to live like this? And he didn't mean it in an aggressive way, but it is like, yeah, you wake up, you shovel almost every morning of the week. If it's snowing, you have to salt everything. If it snows in a few hours, you have to do it all over again. You're freezing constantly. You can barely go outside and it's dark very early. It's like, yeah, and that is for a large portion of the year. That is your life, You're inside for all of it. Whereas he's talking to his family down in Alabama, and they're outside, and it's 75 degrees at the same time as we're shoveling during a snowstorm. So it is kind of confusing of who would choose this, but the bottom line is that not a lot of people choose this, I think. A lot of people would make the change to go to a different area, but they don't want to leave their family. Their desire to live near family and to have that generational bond between maybe the grandparents and the grandkids overrides their desire to live maybe in a more red state or in a warmer state or a safer state as we face potential tyranny at our door. And I give them a lot of credit for that. The other factor of it is too, is like maybe they're waiting to retire or they're just dependent on their job or they have a family business that's been there for multiple generations, multiple decades, and they can't just pick it up and move it. So I have a lot of grace for people that are still stuck in those places where we're like, why would you want to live there? Like, why would you want to live under Governor Cuomo during COVID? Why would you want to stay in these lockdown states that force vaccines? Why would you want to do all this? Why do you want to wake up and have to shovel snow every day? I get there's a lot of factors. So when we're talking about positive solutions, I think one of those things is to definitely encourage people to just have more green in their life in the ways that they can control the controllables. So if you can look into getting a greenhouse, I think that's a really healthy step, not only for your mental health, but for your personal health and for your personal freedom to not be dependent on the chain so much and you can grow your own food. And it's just a general happy hobby. The other one is the 1,000 hours outside challenge helps families get to that 1,000 hours, even if you do live in harsh environments. So I encourage you guys to look into it. And then the other personal thing that I've done is I grow microgreens and I have inside oxygen plants. That's Those are two things that I've loved, or I grow herbs inside and there's a bunch of different things that you can do. But they have definitely helped me during times when I haven't gotten to get that outdoor sunshine.
1: Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, I mean, and some people like, whatever the reason is, maybe they're, first of all, if they're just happy to live in one of those states that we're, over here hating on Boo. I mean yeah but you can't knock someone that's extremely happy and extremely content but I guess it's like the other the other side of it is if you are curious or if you're kind of really not liking where you're at just know that you you only got one life you know on earth and you know there's no perfect opportunity and um if you do kind of cling into the sunshine and stuff like you know Just be the generational change in your family tree, you know, just take the step, go and move and and change the direction. You know, when that's, I say that a lot And like, from a business perspective, a lot of people might want to start a business that, or maybe some, some family members that never went to college. And then there was just that one kid who just like decided to be different. Um, You know, you can... Change it up. Who knows? I mean, we're just on this earth for for a short amount of time. Like, be the reason, like, something else happens in your in your family tree. Um, and maybe that might be moving states. Who knows? But, you know, if you're extremely happy, it's hard to knock that. But I don't know how, you know, for half the year. You know, maybe um, I can't really relate to that at all. But obviously I'm, obviously, I'm biased. So, yeah, you just do what works for you. But just also know that time's running out. You know, if you do feel, if you're feeling froggy, then you need to jump.
0: Well, I think it's funny how you know, yours is kind of positive, of like, you know, take the chance, do it if you feel called. I'm like, listen, yeah. tyranny is here. Well, You need a homestead. Go make the change now. That's yeah. my lesson.
1: You got to be realistic, too, in a sense, you know? I mean.
0: But the land down there is so much more affordable anyways, like, you know what I mean? What I love is Kenny and his family, his wife and their kid, he started his own business, and then he went to Mississippi and he literally was like, Morgan, look at the land here. Like consider it. You could be friends with my wife. It'll be great. Because Kenny does, if you guys want to buy any leather work from Kenny, go to freedom Flags. shop. Uh, <laughs> he's really sweet. Do you and have I a start, code?
1: No, you, it's, you my, own, code it's my own, own business.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Code Freedom for free shipping if you want okay. that. But him and his family, it's like. They're super young, they have young kid, and they're super cute, and they bought this land and took this risk, and I think they've been just absolutely loving it, so it was really tempting for me, too, of like, wait, I never even considered Mississippi, but it's an option.
1: Yeah, Mississippi, Tennessee, Kentucky, I mean, I've, honestly, I mean, I don't know where, like, the line of, like, extremely cold temperatures for multiple months out of the year and snow is, I don't know if you know that either, like... <laughs> Is New York, like, the s- most southern, I guess, of that okay. line, you think? Or is no. it kind of... Well, even, like, I went down? to college
0: in D.C. It's still winter, but it's it's spring almost in March. And so, like, once you get yeah. below there, you're doing pretty good. But it's still kind of in the northeast. It's hard to say, but the bottom line is... Don't just consider the taxes and the policies of a state when you're looking to move, because I know a lot of people out there are trying to get to, you know, greener pastures to safer places as they feel a lot of uncertainty. You don't want to end up in New York or California when SHIT hits the fan, but I'm also just saying you should also consider the hardiness garden zones of the area, the environment, the climate, and the kind of quality of life that you'll have when you pick your your long-term location. But Brian, thank you for joining the show.
1: Oh, thank you for having me again.
0: I appreciate it. I'll see you guys next time. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye-bye.